Romans chapter 1. I don't know if it's going to work on your phone. Romans chapter number 1. Very simple. In fact, Brother Darren, Brother Mendez, can you do some reading? Verse 1, that's it. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated into the gospel of God. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of who? God. Go to Galatians chapter 1. slowing it down quite a bit, but I'll... it's not talking about you. <laughs> Galatians chapter 1 and only verse 1. Just the one verse. Paul an apostle, mm-hmm. not of men, neither by men, uh-huh. but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul an apostle not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, all of this was birthed because the other day I went to a doctor appointment. When was that? Yesterday? Was that yesterday? I think it was yesterday, actually. These, this portion of this was, was birthed then, all right? Amen. Some of this other stuff, anyway, I'm not going to explain all that, but Galatians chapter number one, I was there at the doctor's office, I didn't know that this guy was a, a, uh, what do you call those guys, professor at a Bible college, and his wife was the doctor I was talking to, and she introduced me to him before I left, and he said this, he goes, do you know what an idiom is? I'm asking you, do you know what an idiom is? Have you ever heard somebody make a statement that says, man, she hit the roof? That's an idiom. Just a fancy word for just a metaphor. An idiom. She hit the roof. Well, to you and I, we understand. Man, if I, if I spent... If I went out and spent $5,000 and I didn't talk to my wife, guess what? She would hit the roof. Yeah. Can I tell you something? If you go overseas and you go to Africa and you tell them, man, I went out and spent $5,000 and my wife hit the roof. You know what they're going to look at you and ask? Well, how high was the roof? Did she get hurt? Because in their mind, that's a literal statement. But to us, we understand the idiom. Well, they have their own idioms. They have their own metaphors. We have ours. Guess what? The people of old, they had some too. 
And do you know an apostle is a teacher who is given authority to teach? When the disciples were called the disciples, do you know what that meant? A disciple is a student. It's a follower. One who is being taught. Guess who the original apostle was? Jesus. Guess who gave the disciples the authority to be apostles? Jesus gave them the authority to become apostles. If you go back into the Bible, and I don't have time right now, I should have, but I didn't put it in my notes, but you go look it up for yourself. There was a time that Jesus pulled his disciples together and he said, hey, I'm going to send you out. I'm not giving you a script. I'm not giving you a purse. I'm going to send you out and I want you to go prepare the way in each of the cities before us and let them know the Messiah is coming. Let them know that Jesus is on his way. And if they accept you, great, wonderful, bless them. But if they don't, I want you to go outside of that city and I want you to take your shoes off. I want you to dust them out and get the dust of that nasty city off of your feet and move on to the next city. And you know what happened after they went out? They came back to Jesus and they were excited. Hey, Jesus, guess what? We were going around and everybody that had a devil in them, we said in Jesus' name. And guess what happened? They had to, they, they were delivered. They needed healing. We prayed for them in Jesus' name. And guess what, Brother Tuffy? Healing came. The disciples, Sister Reedy, they, they did that. They had the authority to do those things. Why? Because Jesus extended that authority to them. And the Apostle Paul is telling us here in Galatians, he said, look, I'm Paul. I'm an apostle, one who is authorized to teach in the name of Jesus because he gave me that authority. He said, I am not, I did not obtain the authority to do this of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Can I summarize that, summarize that down and just say, hey, the Holy Ghost gave me the authority to be an apostle and to teach the churches and to give me the anointing to raise up church after church after church. He said, I didn't gain this on my own ability. He said, God give me this authority. Paul goes on and emphasizes in, in Ephesians chapter number 4, verses 7 and 8. I, I'm going to go there. Amen. But he emphasizes that he was called to be an apostle, not by any man's authority, but by Jesus Christ. Amen. He, Ephesians chapter 4, Brother, De- Brother Mendez, I'll, I'll give you next time around. I'm going to print off some uh, references so you can follow along. Amen. So you don't worry about it. I'll, just, I'll barrel through here. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Amen. He said every one of us. Let me tell you something. Just a quick little thing that you need to understand when you're reading the epistles. You guys understand what the epistles are, right? 
The epistles are start at 1 Corinthians and they go all the way to Jude. These are the writings of the apostles. So these are the letters that they wrote. And when the apostles are writing and they use words, Brother Tuffy, like me or us or we, do you know who they're talking about? They're talking about the apostles collectively. If they say me, they're talking about themselves, obviously. But if they say we or us, they're talking about the apostles. Do you know who these letters were written to? To who? To the church. So when he says you or thee or thou, who's he talking to? To the church. You understand what I'm talking about tonight? So when I'm reading through the letters of the apostles, and I come across the word us, we, me, something to that effect, I know he's talking about the apostles or himself. But I can also tell you this, when he says you or thee or thou, he's talking to the people in the church. Who's the people in the church? That's you and that's me. Now he's telling us here in Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 7, he says, But unto every one of us, every one of the apostles is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, uh, when he ascended upon high, uh, he led captivity, uh, he led captivity captive, uh, and gave gifts unto men. Amen. He and we can go on down. I think it's verse eleven. Uh, amen. And he goes, and we we find out what those gifts are, right? Amen. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What's he talking about? He's saying, hey, God has sent to us uh, the ministry so that we can be saved. And he gave the ministry the authority over death. Not, not over death. God has that power. He gave us the power to command things Healing and salvation. Mm. And as we extend that down, he gives the apostles or the pastors and the teachers and all those guys, he gives them grace. You know why he gives them grace? So they can extend that grace onto the church. You know why he put it all together? You can read it for yourself in Ephesians chapter 4. It's all right there. He said, look, he sent them for one purpose. And that was for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. How do we grow in God? It's through the preaching of the word. It's through the, it's through the Bible study that we do. Amen. It's through all of these things. Amen. But let me tell you something. God will come together and God will, he will step into a service and he will put the words of the, his words upon the mouth of the man that's preaching or teaching. And all of a sudden you're going to be saying, wow, I was just studying that this week. Wow. I never thought about that before. Wow. That's what the Bible was saying when, when, when I was reading that a while ago. Amen. Paul said, hey, I am doing this on one one God's authority. Nobody else's. No man gave me this authority. You keep on going. Paul emphasizes that the believers have received the gifts and ability 
through the grace of Christ rather than through their own merit. Amen. And we can go on. Paul also emphasizes that believers uh, and Christians uh, have been saved and called to a holy calling, not because of their own works, uh, but because of the purpose and grace of God. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in in Christ Jesus before the world began. Hallelujah. Amen. Another place Paul tells us that we have been called by God. Not because of our own wisdom. Not because of our own power. Not because of our own social status. But because God has chosen to use the weak and foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the strong in this world. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 says, For you see your calling. Who's he talking to now? Your calling. Who's calling? Can you say my calling? My calling. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. You are called, brethren and sisters, amen. No matter if you're not wise, no matter if you're not noble, I don't care where you find yourself in life. God called you, amen, and nobody else can take that away. Hallelujah. Paul also tells us that he became a minister to the church of Col in Colossae through the stewardship or the authority that God had given unto him and that his ministry was to make the word of God fully known to the believers. Colossians chapter number 1 verse 25 and verse 26 whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints amen because God called him no other reason but God called him that's how we know thank God that Paul answered the call of heaven Thank God that not only did Paul answer the call of heaven, but he was willing to step out, Brother Mendez, and he was willing to mold and, and form the lives of those that were around him so that they could rise up and continue building the kingdom of heaven. He meant just as God had called him, he extended the calling through Paul to those that were under him. He meant so that they could accomplish what? God needed to accomplish and fulfill his perfect will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One last message, one last uh, uh, scripture on this 
topic, uh, and then we're going to move on to one other thing before I tie it all together. Amen. But uh, Paul tells us uh, that he has been appointed to serve Christ uh, and to do his work, not because of his own faithfulness uh, or his own merit, uh, but because Christ uh, looked down and judged Paul faithful and gave him strength to fulfill that call. Amen. He tells this to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12 and 13. The Bible says, and I thank Christ, Paul said, our Lord who has enabled me. Can everybody say he enables us? For that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before? He said, let me tell you who I used to be. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. God reached down in his blasphemous state and said, Paul, I'm pulling you out. And I've got a purpose for you in the kingdom of God. Amen. The Jews may never accept you, but I have a people in the Gentiles that I need you to reach. And I need you to establish church after church so we can reach people so that they can understand the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, I'm telling you tonight, I hope you're grasping what I'm trying to say is we've got to understand, I'm asking God, give us a revelation of the authority that he has given to us. Amen. God has given us an authority. Amen. That can help us in our own lives. Amen. It doesn't mean that we can step into our government and, 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 and all of that crazy stuff. Maybe if God places us in those places. But let me tell you something. The authority God gave you is to affect your world. Those that he has placed in your life. Amen. And first of all, he started with you. I want to be used for God. But before God can use me, I've got to be a clean vessel. You with me tonight? I've got to be. I'm, I've got to be ready to go. I don't want. I, I, if if He has to put me on the shelf, I want to make sure, brother Tuffy, that I'm keeping myself clean and proper and ready to go. Amen. So that he can reach over off the shelf and say, hey, why don't you come on with me? Hey, I, I need to, I need your help today. Amen. I need you to I need you to walk with me today. Amen. I've got some people for you to reach out to today. Amen. But we've got to be clean and ready and wet and waiting for God to call us so that he can use us. And when he calls us and he begins directing our steps, guess what happens? We obtain the authority to get the job done. Can I get an amen? amen? Something else I want you to see before we close out this evening. I want to try to hurry. As Christians, I want you to understand something. And before I go too far, I just want to preface with this. We as human beings... I'm speaking from experience. We worry that we're going to hurt somebody's feelings if we get too excited about Jesus. Sometimes. If we're full of the Holy Ghost, those thoughts never come. 
I'm just going to throw that out there for a second. Because he gives you the power to be witnesses. And so when you're full, everybody say full. Now everybody else say full. Of the Holy Ghost. Then you're not going to second guess whether you're going to be able to reach somebody. You're going to feel the draw and you're going to take the step. And here I go. Amen. Amen. The reason I'm saying this is because a lot of times we worry about what man can do to us, what they're going to say to us, how they're going to respond to us in those aspects. And there's another side of things. If I get too crazy with God and I completely let myself go in the Holy Ghost and I keep growing in God, then somebody may not like me too much because they think that you're holier than thou. And so they're going to start trying to demean my character. I've been there. I've seen it happen, folks. But I'm still standing. You know why? Because I'm not obligated to man. I'm not. I'm not obligated to make sure that everybody's happy. This whole thing, i got to be careful. People are going to think I, I'm, I'm just a raunchy old man. But let me tell you something. This whole me mentality is driving me absolute batty today. It's, it's, it's killing me. And let me tell you something else. It's not just killing me. It's killing the kingdom of God. Because selfishness has no place in the kingdom of God. Has no place. That's called the lust of the flesh, my friend. And that right there is a direct enemy of God. I'm not going to go there tonight. But maybe another day. I got another message that's work, that I'm working on right now that God spoke to me a couple, couple weeks ago. And I've been digging it out and putting it together. But I may deal with that then. We're in perilous times, folks. Yes, sir. We're in perilous times. That's not so that we can be scared. The Bible said, in fact, encourage one another with these words that Jesus is coming back soon. But we have to go through perilous times first before he comes back. Amen. So you know what? The more perilous it gets, Brother Mendez, the more excited I'm getting. Why? Because I know I'm about to see my maker. I'm about to see the one who created me and who filled me with his spirit. I'm going to see him one day soon. Amen. I don't know when it's going to be, but I can tell you it's getting closer and closer with every day that I wake up. I know I'm one day closer to my Jesus coming back and taking me home. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We are not obligated to man as the world sees it. But rather our obligations ought to be to God alone. I want you to consider this with me. Jesus encourages his disciples not to fear those who can only kill their physical bodies. Well, that, that escalated quickly. Well, Jesus said it, so I'm just repeating what he said. Let me tell you where, what he said, where he said it. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. It's in your Bible. Look, I know some I know some pretty crazy people. In fact, there's one individual right now. If I were caught with that individual probably in a back alley somewhere and they didn't think anybody was around, guess what? 
They try to take me out. But Brother Tuffy, I'm not worried. When I walk back through an alley, I don't fear and tremble that somebody's sitting back in the shadows waiting to come take me out. Because I don't fear man. I don't fear death of this life. Yeah, I know my family's going to miss me. I understand that I'm not going to be stupid and go out there and, and act a fool. But nor am I going to walk around in fear. Because the Bible's clear that we are not given a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. I've got to walk with God. Hallelujah. Matthew 10 and 28. And fear not them which kill the body, Jesus said, but are not able to kill the soul. They can't touch your eternity, my friend. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both your soul and your body in hell. Who's the one should I, should I be worried about offending? Who should I be worried about Messing around and making upset. That's the God that I serve. I want to be pleasing unto Him. Romans chapter number 12 tells me, uh, Amen. Uh, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. Man, this nonsense of accepting Christ as your personal Savior. That's exactly what it is. It's nonsense. It's not about whether or not I accept Him. But it's about whether or not He accepts me. Yeah, it starts with faith. Don't get me wrong. It does start with faith. But let me tell you something. That is the beginning step of my salvation. This is where I begin taking this journey to get closer to God. Yes, I have to believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. That's the key. You've got to seek him. Well, Lord, your faith, your faith will be known among men if you seek after him. Amen. Jesus goes on and tells his disciples in another place. In Luke chapter number 12, verses 4 and 5. He said, and I say to you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. Man, how, how more clear can he get? They killed you. You're dead. What else are they going to do to you? Nothing that you're going to be worried about. But he goes on. But I will forewarn you. Whom you shall fear. And he says this. Fear him, which after he that hath killed that power to cast into hell. Yea, I say to you, fear him. Fear him. You say, well, I, I wanted to take the most uh, abrupt approach first because I'm going to try to lighten the load here in just a few moments. All right. Almost done. But I want you to understand, Jesus is encouraging his disciples, saying, look, I know there's men out here that want to kill you for my sake. They want to kill me. They did kill him. He lived by what he preached. Well, well. Literally lived by what he preached. And guess what? He came out victorious over all that. 
Why? Because he surrendered himself to that almighty spirit. He was that almighty spirit. Amen. And that spirit helped the man, Jesus Christ, overcome all of those temptations and all of those fears. Amen. We don't have to go through those. Jesus didn't go through them. We don't have to go through them. Psalm chapter number 56, verses 3 and 4 says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. Amen. The psalmist here is expressing his trust in God and his confidence that no matter what man may try and do to him, he has nothing to fear because God is with him. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10 says this, For fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Amen. That's a promise from God. I don't care what happens in life, my God will uphold you with the right hand of his righteousness. Amen. Here we find that God encourages his people not to fear because he is with them and strengthens them and helps them and upholds them. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1 and 7. Paul said this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. Amen. we got to understand as believers that when we are dealing with fear, we are not, in, we are not interacting with a spirit, amen, that comes from heaven above, but we are dealing with a spirit of fear that is contrary to Him. Amen. But He has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. This enables us to come overcome fear and live confidently in this face and face each of our challenges my God is faithful my God is able my God is here strengthening me you say I can't face temptation well no no you can't but he can and he can help you and he can walk you through it amen I don't I don't have time right now I don't have time to get into all these these different areas but I want you to understand something when the devil brings temptation, amen, he's going to try to trip you up as much as he can. Yep. I was just going through, obviously starting over reading the Bible this year, and, and I, I was going through uh, Genesis, I think it's chapter 2 and chapter 3 probably actually, um, can't remember off the top of my head, but um, it's where the, the serpent comes and tempts Eve. And I want you, I, I, I encourage you to go compare what the serpent tried to tell Eve that God said, and then go see what God actually said. There are differences. And, and, if you go into the beginning of Jesus' ministry, there was a time of temptation for him as well. And do you know what? The Bible shows us that the devil twisted scripture to try to trip up Jesus. Thank God Jesus knew what he said. Because he, he was able to say, hey, no, we're not doing that. I'm not falling for your tricks. And let me tell you something. He doesn't have power over you. 
with temptation. He doesn't. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got more power and you're a little pinky than he has in all the world. Well, can I get an amen? I promise you right here it says conclusion on my notes. But these examples that we've been going through tonight, first off, helping you understand that we have our authority and it's not derived from any man in this world, but it came from God above. He gave us the authority. He filled you with his spirit. He has given you authority to over, overcome any situation that you may find yourself in. And he's also given you the authority to walk in boldness in the things that he's asking you to do in your life. And when he moves on you to go talk to somebody, he puts a word in your mind. He may give you a word of knowledge about somebody. He may give you a word of wisdom and he wants you to impart that to somebody. So, man, that sounds super charismatic. Well, let me tell you something. The charismatics really messed this up. They went overboard, my friend. But let me tell you something. Everything in this Bible should be in practice in every apostolic church today. Should be. In every church that's teaching truth. Doesn't have to be apostolic. They call themselves whatever. As long as they're teaching truth. They're baptizing folks in Jesus' name. People are getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My goodness. They need to be walking in the Spirit. Man, I don't have time. I don't have time. We, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. The Bible teaches us that we as believers... We receive our authority and our power from God rather than from any one human in this world. That means we have authority to walk according to his precepts. And the next thing that we talked about tonight, we went through, we, we find that the Bible encourages us not to fear what man can do to us, but rather fear God because he holds eternity in his hands. I'm not here trying to please Men, I'm here trying to make sure that my Savior, when he looks down on me, he's smiling and he's sending his glory and he's sending his grace because he loves me. Psalm 118 and verse 6, Sister Tori, can you come? The Lord is on my side. The psalmist said, I will not fear. Can everybody say the Lord's on my side? The Lord's on my side. What can man do to me? Isaiah 41 and 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. You know, I, I've, I've made mention, and, I, and literally this is my last, last verse here. I've, I've stated that we have power. As long as we have the Holy Ghost abiding in us, we have power. And do you know what kind of power? I mean, I hope revelation comes right here, right now. Because I want you to understand the same power that raised Jesus off of that slab of stone in that grave and pulled him out and made him live again. If you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, it's that same power. I want you to think about that. I don't think you really believe what we're talking about tonight. I'm not trying to just throw you under the bus. I'm trying to help you understand. I, you need to take this to the next level, my friend. 
Next level. Because that's the kind of things that God wants to do in this day and this hour. Let me tell you something. The elder said this the other day, and Tori can confirm it, but as he was preaching about the deep calls to the deep, let me tell you this. I'm not trying just to be a parent, but what he said rings super true. And that is, we have not yet seen what we're about to see from hell. And we're not ready to deal with it. The Bible tells me that even the elect shall hardly be saved. The very elect, that means the elite of the Christians, those that are the deepest, it's going to be hard for those people to even be filled with the Holy Ghost and make it to heaven when the onslaught of hell comes. You with me tonight? We ain't seen nothing yet. And we're living in the end times, church. And can I tell you something? Yeah, I, I believe this year's a jubilee. I believe we're going to see some awesome things. We're going to see victories like we've never seen victories before. I believe that with all my heart because every time I pray, God confirms it time and time again. But let me tell you this much. We're not going to get there if we're just going through the motions and not doing ever, anything to deepen our walk with God. So what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm going to leave this. I'm talking about you need to spend more time praying. Yeah, I'm trying to reach out on Facebook. Yeah, we're, we're, we're endeavoring to reach the souls through this, this medium, but let me tell you something. I'm, go, I'm going to be spending less time personally there. If I need to go there professionally just to check things out, make sure things are flowing well, I'm going to do that. But I need to spend less time on this and on this and at my computer, and I need to spend time in this right here. But you can only go so far. Like I've said before, there are people that don't even have the Holy Ghost. that don't even try to profess living for God. But they dig into that word every day. There's a few other things that we need to make sure we're applying in our lives. And let me tell you something. If you wait, Bishop said this. He said, if you wait, man, I feel this right now. So many of us wait until it's too late. And we start trying to buckle down. And we start trying to fast. And we start trying to pray. And we start trying to read our Bible more than ever before. But when hell has unleashed everything that it's got in the end times, my friend, you're not going to have time to get yourself in that right place with God. You're going to be fighting for everything you're worth just trying to stay alive, spiritually speaking. Amen. I'm trying to help you understand. God wants to give you the authority we're talking about tonight. God wants to give you the courage and the confidence to walk holy in His Word and in His Spirit right here and right now. Why? Because we've got to be ready for when the attack does come. We've got to be there for those that are slack, that have slacked off, those that are seeking for help, those that are looking for help. Amen. If we don't do it, let me ask you something. Who else will do it? Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, 
He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Tonight, as I'm closing this out, I've got to go back to our text. I don't know. I don't know it in its entirety, but I still feel it right here in my spirit. If you could play for us just a few this evening. The scripture said in Isaiah chapter 40, he said, Why sayest thou, Jacob, and speakest to Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. What I'm asking you tonight, as a child of God, I want you to literally think. I want you to examine your heart and your mind and say, God, if there's something in me that you need to change, God, let me know so I can get it out. God, I don't want anything hidden. God, I'm not here just trying to go through the motions. I'm not here just trying to come to church on a regular basis and feel better about myself and go about my own life. But God, I want to be a vessel that you can use. I want to wait upon you that I may mount up with wings like eagles. That I may run and that I may not be weary. And that I may walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. I don't know about you, but right now, I feel the call to prayer. I think it would be fitting if each and every one of us found us a place to talk with God for a few moments. Because I feel like God's drawing on our hearts tonight. He wants to take us deeper. He wants to use us for His glory. I don't want us just to come down and just say a few words mumbling to the Lord. But I want us to cry out to God. God, I need you. <laughs> oh, come on, let's lift our voices to the Lord for a few moments here this morning, this evening. Jesus, I need you tonight. <laughs> oh, Jesus, we've got to have you. God, I pray revelation would settle on the hearts and minds of those in this place tonight. God, that we can walk out of this place in boldness knowing, God, that you are in control and that you have all power. And you have extended that to those of us that are filled with the Holy Ghost. And God, I'm asking that you would help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus, to reach those that are hungry, God. God, I'm devoting myself wholeheartedly. God, give me 
says that the elders cast their crowns at his feet. The elders, those who have obtained, they have gone somewhere with life. But the elders, I know, know there's an absolute interpretation, but can you let me pull this out of it? No matter how much wealth or no matter how much power and no, no matter how, how whatever those crowns stood for, when they got to the feet of Jesus, Brother Tuffy, none of that stuff mattered. In fact, when they got there, they said, you know what, this belongs to you. And they put it at his feet and they cried holy. They worshiped him. Whatever, whatever in this life 
we seem to hold to and we can't get loose of. Let me tell you something. In light of eternity, whatever that is, is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And what I hope tonight is when you go home and you're tempted to step into that situation again, let me tell you something. I pray that the words of this preacher ring out in your ears and you begin to look and consider eternity versus what I'm about to step into. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I thank you for being here tonight. Thankfully, the electricity came back on. I wouldn't have a voice if it didn't. But we would have had church. Amen. I'll tell you this, folks. God's going to start doing some... uh, He's already started doing some pretty awesome things. God set some things in motion. Some of you have been a part of it. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I promise you, it's all going to come out in God's time. Amen. I've never, since I've been pastor here, been praying and God put a preacher on my mind and have me call him. I've had that happen with one thus far, and I still need to actually have a second one that I feel like I need to call and find out when they can come. Things are moving in the spirit, folks. Let me tell you, I've said it before. If we're standing still, you're already backslidden. Amen. Sounds harsh. But God's continuing on. That's my God. And I got to be with him. That means I got to be moving with him. I need him more today than I do. I did yesterday. And tomorrow when I wake up, you know what I'm going to cry out to him? God, I need you today. What I had yesterday wasn't enough. And I need more today. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, I do have some sad news tonight. We had to change youth service to the 27th. I changed it on our church calendar already, so it should be on your phones. If you subscribe to that calendar, it should be already there. If you haven't, I can get you the calendar subscription so it can show up in your calendar on your phone so you can be up to date. But uh, the other thing is... um, the reason that happened was because somebody passed away and my brother and his wife had to go to Colorado and they're the youth leaders in Olathe. And so I feel like it would be important for him to be here. So that's why we changed it to the 27th. So Friday the 27th is where we're going to have our youth service here at the church. And uh, we're going to have a good time. Amen. And then there is a... Oh, goodness. We have our Family and Friends Day in three weeks. And I think we already determined what we're going to have. 
we had talked about it at one time, I thought. Um, anyway, but we'll be reaching out to everybody for that. But this weekend, we're going to have good church. We'll, we're going to have service. We're going to start Sunday school at, at 10 in the morning. And uh, so and then we're going to start service at 1130 and have a nice prayer meeting between those two. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you reach out to somebody, at least invite one person to church this week. Just reach out to them and say, hey, I, I had you on my, on, your, on my mind. If you'd like to come to church, I, I'll stop by and get you. Amen. Praise God. Well, love y'all. Let's come back Sunday. Let's have good church. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed in Jesus' name.